Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and today is Tax Credit Tuesday. Welcome to the Novogratik Report on Tax Credits, a weekly podcast brought to you by Novogratik & Company, a national accounting, valuation, and consulting firm specializing in affordable housing, community development, and renewable energy. We can be found on the web at www.novoco.com. We can be reached via email at cpas@novoco.com. We would enjoy hearing from you. Today we'll focus on two topics. First, additional analysis on the effect of HUD's 2008 income limits on low-income housing tax credit properties. And second, the current status of legislation to modernize the housing tax credit. So let's start with the first topic. We're going to revisit a topic from last week's podcast and consider what the new income limits mean for tax credit housing properties. In case you missed last Tuesday's podcast, we reported that earlier this month, HUD had released income limits for 2008. To recap, these figures are released annually and are used by the low-income housing tax credit and tax and bond communities to compute maximum income and rent levels. The estimated median family income for the United States for fiscal year 2008 is $61,500. HUD says the fiscal year 2008 median family income level is about 4% higher than the level for fiscal year 2007. Not all geographic areas, however, show an increase in median family income. In deference to a large number of programs where HUD income limits are directly related to project revenues, as is the case with low-income housing tax credit rents, HUD has not let current year income limits fall below income limits for the previous year. HUD refers to this as the hold harmless policy. This policy is used in areas where income limits decreased or didn't rise above the prior held harmless levels and is intended to prevent low-income housing tax credit rents from falling below the previous year's levels. HUD implemented this policy in 637 of 2,043 non-metropolitan areas, or about 31% of them. The hold armless policy also was implemented in 190 out of 532 metropolitan areas for fiscal year 2008, or about 36% of the metropolitan areas. Since LHTC rents are based on HUD's calculated income levels, HUD's hold harmless policy prevents project rents from falling in areas where actual median family incomes are lower in 2008. However, this policy also means that rents won't rise until median family income levels increase above the hold harmless levels. This gap may take several years to close in many areas, and therefore rent and income levels will likely remain flat for several years. In the meantime, owners and managers of LHTC properties are keeping a close eye, closer than usual, on the operating budgets of their properties, which are developed and managed with relatively narrow financial margins and which could face even greater financial pressure. If expenses grow while revenues remain flat, some properties may eventually be unable to meet debt service. The situation is actually a little worse. In most tax credit properties, allowable rents are reduced by an allowance for the cost of utilities paid by tenants. As expenses rise, this utility allowance rises, and the amount of rent paid by the tenant actually falls. It is interesting to note that in addition to the areas where income levels are frozen under the hold harmless policy, many areas fell under the state AMI exception, which provides that income limits are never set at less than the relevant state non-metropolitan AMI. In 2008, Income limits in 850 non-metro counties and 47 metro areas were set at the state AMI. This number is more than twice that of 2007, when income limits for 237 non-metro areas and 24 metro areas were set at the state AMI level. However, initial analysis indicates that overall, fewer areas, very low income numbers, were adjusted in 2008 than in 2007. 
As I mentioned last week, Novigrad and Company is currently updating the analysis featured in a white paper published last year that explores the issue and determines in which locations a lack of income limit growth may be a real concern for LHTC properties, as well as for how long owners of properties in those areas can expect to wait before income and rent levels again start to rise. To order a copy of the white paper, visit www.novoco.com products and click on What's New. Many of our listeners are also familiar with our Rent and Income Calculator, which is available free online at our website. This calculator has been updated for the 2008 HUD income levels. It's a handy tool to assess the potential impact of the new income levels on your tax credit properties. As understanding of this issue has grown and concern for the viability of housing tax credit properties has increased, affordable housing advocates and the housing industry have begun to propose possible solutions. For example, the National Association of Home Builders Housing Credit Group has proposed decoupling LHTC rents from income limits and instead indexing rents to the National Consumer Price Index, or CPI. The group reported earlier this month that it has continued meeting with other industry groups and Capitol Hill staff, and it's possible that a solution may be included in the LHTC modernization bill. Which brings us to our second topic for today, an update on progress being made in Congress to modernize the long Housing Tax Credit Program. In November of last year, efforts to move the modernization bill in the House of Representatives were set back when the Ways and Means Committee revealed that its 2007 calendar could not accommodate a hearing and a bill could not be completed before the end of the legislative session. The Housing Advisory Group reported that House Ways and Means staff indicated that work on the housing modernization proposal would resume following the completion of the economic stimulus package. And last week, David Gasson, Executive Director of the Housing Advisory Group, reported that indeed LIHTC modernization appears to be up for discussion once again. Gasson says a lead staff member for New York Congressman Charles Rangel, Chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, indicated that the modernization proposal is moving forward and that the proposal is being promoted as Stimulus 2. There's hope that the proposal will be brought before the Ways and Means Committee in April, just after the Congressional recess in March. There also appears to be action in the Senate on an LHTC companion modernization bill. Gaston reports that Washington Senator Maria Cantwell may soon introduce a bill, possibly yet this month. The measure was initially drafted in 2007, but has not yet been heard. It includes provisions that would change the name of the program from Long Housing Tax Credit to the Affordable Housing Tax Credit, change the standard for setting LHTC credit percentages to a single 9% tax credit for all projects except for those financed by taxes and bonds, it would provide state allocating agencies the authority to award a 30% basis boost for properties that meet state-specific geographic or income targeting, and revise the housing credit scattered site rule to allow for mixed-income development, thereby allowing separate ownership of housing credit and market rate units. More details about the legislation is available on the Washington Wire column in the January issue of the Novogratic Journal of Tax Credit Housing. The Housing Advisory Group indicates that there is also support for modernization efforts in the Senate. Supporters include Maine Senator Olympia Snow and Massachusetts Senator John Kerry. Novigrad and Company will update you in future podcasts and on our website, www.taxcredithousing.com, when more information on this important topic becomes available. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's report. Don't miss next week's Tax Credit Tuesday podcast, where we will review the current efforts in Congress to craft and pass a housing stimulus bill. We will also review a report published last week by the Government Accountability Office that examines the leverage measures used to describe program outputs of the Long Housing Tax Credit and New Market Tax Credit programs, as well as many HUD programs. In the meantime, if you missed the previous Tax Credit Tuesday podcast, visit our archives. Past podcasts are available for download online at www.novoco.com.
I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes so you can automatically receive up-to-date news and analysis on tax credit topics from Novogratic and Company, LLP. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Thank you.